I have no poker face. And so I immediately pull up the paper in front of my face because I don't want him to see if I'm crying or if I'm smiling. Because <laughs> if it was going to be a bad number, I was going to be really upset. And the number was not the number that I asked for. It was even more. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, grownups, if you are like me, you love to read, but if we're being honest, it doesn't happen. The time just flies and the intention does not become reality. So do what I do. Get the intel you want in a way that matches your schedule. I recently started using the Blinkist app and I love it. It puts the content of books that you want to read into powerful summaries called blinks, usually just a minute at a time. A whole book can be 15 minutes-ish, just like this podcast, right on your favorite device. Text or audio totally fits your lifestyle. I am obsessed. Go to bobbyrebell.com forward slash Blinkist for a free trial and to support the show. How'd you guys like that cold open? That was Luminary CEO Kate Luzio talking about trying to keep it cool when her boss not only gave her a raise, but that raise was even more than she had asked for. I don't know about you guys, but that has never happened to me. So I needed to know how that went down. And the good news is that Kate really takes us behind the scenes of how she locked in that money. She shares how in just 24 hours, she was able to get the intel on exactly how much to ask for and to get it. And by making all that money, she was able to then self-fund the company she recently started, her dream company. And she tells us all about that too. The term boss lady is so overused, but this is the right way to use it because she totally is. Here is Kate Luzio. Hey, Kate Luzio, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. You are the founder and CEO of Luminary, which is a collaborative hub for professional women looking to expand their network and invest in themselves. And you also have a new podcast that's getting a lot of buzz called Come Sit at Our Table. So welcome. Thank you for having me, Bobby. I'm looking forward to it. So first of all, we're going to talk more about it after your money story, but tell us a little bit about Luminary because it's referred to, people are talking about it as a co-working space, but it's not really just that. Yeah, that's right. We are much more than a communal workspace. We're, we are a real community. So we call ourselves a collaborative hub, which is a new category in this space. Um, we're bringing together women of all industries, backgrounds, levels, titles, and bringing them together in one physical space here in New York and Nomad with an emphasis on investing in self-development, wellness, flexibility, giving back. And members were membership organization, but with no application process because we want to create a diverse and inclusive community. But members have access to a vibrant space of everything from a beauty bar, a fitness studio, a podcast studio to dozens of meeting rooms, free wine on tap, and the ability to have access and conversations to women from all over the place. And full disclosure, I am a member as well, and I love it there. But before you started Luminary, 
you had a big, big career in finance and you got a big, big raise at one point, but it came with a twist. Tell us your money story, Kate. (laughs) Yeah. So I spent many years in corporate investment banking, but a large stint of it at JP Morgan. I was living in London. I was already at a managing director level. I was managing a big business within the corporate bank. I was, as women do, getting ready to prepare for that year-end discussion and, and to ask for a raise. I go into my boss's office, who was amazing. And as I'm starting to already defend my accomplishments and list them out, within 30 seconds of me speaking, he says, Kate, stop talking. I, I thought, oh, God, what did I do wrong? And he Uh-oh, said, yeah, I would be worried. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to say, you're out, right? And I, oh, he no. said, what's your number? Meaning? Meaning, what's the number? What's my, exactly. Because One, he didn't have time to waste, and I will tell you that. And two, he was like, let's get to the point. You're going to come in here and give me all your accomplishments, but I'm your manager. I know your accomplishments. I know what you've done for the business. So tell me how much more money you want to make. And I had never even thought of the number, which is embarrassing to one extent, and then proves a point to the other around that women often are ready to just talk about, list out their what they've done and how they've made a value to the company versus going in and asking for that number and then being prepared to defend why they've asked for that. And so he said, I give you 24 hours and you come back to me with a number. Okay, no pressure. So what do you do with that 24 hours? I knew that my team, more broadly the leadership team, were all a bunch of men and that was fine. They were great, but I couldn't ask them. I had come from a different business about a year prior to that within JP Morgan, but I knew it was a, I should be making a big jump. So what did I do? I called a bunch of my guy friends at other banks. I just said, here's the situation. I just kind of need to know what you make. <laughs> Wait, let me just ask you. Did you just randomly pick up the, act, the I hate to say it's the actual phone, meaning you didn't text them, you didn't email no. them. I mean, you were just, you were like picking up the, phone up the phone and putting them on the spot. Putting them on the spot. Yeah. And I had done that throughout my career. I think women don't realize this. And, and it's, I think it's, it's a lot in the banking sector that, you know, when you get your bonus, you kind of, everyone's kind of pounding their chest. Like, this is what I got. And guys do, they, they tell each other what they make and they, so they, they benchmark early on. And I had been doing that in early on in my career. And then as I got more senior, it was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm getting more jobs and I'm getting these big promotions. This is great. And I kind of had forgotten about, I should be getting paid for what I do. And so that's what I did. I spent that night calling and talking. And I remember I met with, um, one of the guys that I knew at a big bank competitor and kind of hashing it out and walked in the next day with the number. Let me just stop you there. What was your take on the numbers they were getting? What did you learn just from those numbers about where you are relative to them? Oh, much lower. I mean, considerable amount lower. And again, remember, I I think it didn't have to do with the company not wanting to pay me. It was commensurate with I had been at the firm for a while. Uh, You know, you don't normally get huge bumps and raises unless you come from another firm. If you've made a jump, that normally happens if you're with your bonus or your, you know, your variable compensation. So that was not an expectation that someone would walk in and get a very large raise. I knew that from the the hundreds of people that I had managed. And you hadn't asked. But I had never asked. A part of me thinks, oh, I should have asked. And then part of me thinks, you know, I had only been in my, in that particular role for less than a year. So was it warranted? Yes, because not only of my performance, but my potential to continue to perform in that role and and bigger roles. And so, you know, we hear a lot, men are promoted on potential, women are promoted on performance. This wasn't even about promotion. This was about getting a fair compensation. And so when I did that benchmarking, 
and talking to, to my, my male peers, I realized I was making a lot less. And so the next day I went in and he said, do you have your number? I said, yeah, this is my number. He said, it's not unreasonable. I don't know what we can do, but it's not unreasonable. To which I walked out thinking that's a huge win itself that I didn't come in and him say that's absolutely never going to happen, which by the way, that does, that happens quite a bit. And so three months later, when you actually get your income information and your bonus, they hand you a paper and that has everything written. And so I have no poker face. And so I immediately pull up the paper in front of my face because I don't want him to see if I'm crying or if I'm smiling because <laughs> it was going to be a bad number. I was going to be really upset. And the number was not the number that I asked for. It was even more. So as I'm putting the paper down, I'm smiling. But was even better was my boss was smiling even bigger than I was. And his exact words were, you perform for us. We perform for you. He said, this is probably never going to happen again in your career unless you leave and go to another firm. But you've demonstrated not only performance, but potential. And we value that. So what is the lesson for our listeners? So the lesson is don't just go into any of these discussions with a list of your accomplishments. Be prepared first to demonstrate why you are valuable to the company and also know your worth, right? So already have that number going in because the worst thing that can happen is one, they quiz you on why you should get that money or that promotion, then you're ready. You've got your accomplishments. You've got what you've done for the business. You've got how you've demonstrated your value. But also, what's the worst that can happen? They say no. And then you decide whether you can live with that no. You continue to fight for that compensation or that role or that promotion, or you go elsewhere. Have you ever gotten a no? And how did you deal with it if you did? Oh, absolutely gotten a no. Listen, companies are under lots of constraints. They're under huge budgetary issues. So there are a lot of no's. And I've had to give a lot of no's to people too. I think the way I combated that or kind of came back from that was, is this still the firm that I want to work for? Is their rationale correct? Do I get that? Do I look at the overall earnings of the company and where I fit into that? So when you work for a large publicly traded company, that's in the Fortune 150, they, they have a lot of mouths to feed. But you still, at the end of the day, have to feel comfortable but with the answer that they give. And for me, I never left a company because they didn't pay me. So I looked at where else there were value they were adding in my life and my career. Was there a career path? Were they providing opportunities? And that was big for me around the delivering of those other opportunities, but also investing in me as an employee right? Making me a better asset to them. I like that because sometimes people might work for, let's say a startup or something, and there just isn't the money. Absolutely. So you have to look at other things. You have to look at other things and what drives you, right? Is it, if money is the only thing that drives you, then that's not going to be the place, but there's the role there's, are you managing a team? Are you part of other projects within the organization? Are you moving up quickly as you mentioned, like in a startup or even in an in, entrepreneurial in environment within a big company where it's not just about the compensation. I do firmly believe you have to be fairly compensated, but I think there's a lot of factors that play into that. So true. Now you are well compensated. You, you should say when you worked for other people, you were well, comp now you work for yourself. When you worked for other people, you were certainly well compensated. You could certainly do the shopping 
you know, that you wanted to do and have the, <laughs> have the wardrobe that you want yeah. to have. But just because you have the money doesn't mean you should spend it all on clothing. And that brings us to our everyday money tip from you, because this is really interesting. We talk a lot about saving money because you have to or to reach certain goals. Sometimes you're saving money because maybe spending it just doesn't make sense. Tell us your everyday money tip. Yes. So as someone who did make quite a bit of money, and I actually reinvested a lot of that money into my company because I self-funded, one of the things I knew is that my disposable income, I needed to, to make it very small because I was investing it into the company. And I was a big shopper. I needed retail therapy. So I actually now rent most of my clothes. I do it mostly with Rent the Runway, but it's exciting to see all of these other new players out there because it gives you so much more variety and diversity of your clothes. And for me, it ends up really saving a lot of money for me. Also, I get the thrill of shopping online or even in person because they have stores, but without the guilt of spending all that money and then wasting it because I wear those clothes one time and then never wear them again. I second that. I actually also use Rent the Runway and I find that to be very true. And I also think you can wear things. Sometimes fashions can be a little bit silly. Like we had yes. kind of weird sleeves happening a year ago. And, <laughs> yeah. and you can try that and you don't have to own that because we know some things are just not going to have staying power, right? Absolutely. And some things you may think one day they flatter you and the next they don't. So why keep it in your closet? I do want to pick up on one thing you mentioned, which was that you self-funded Luminary. I decided to self-fund because, number one, I had had a successful career in banking over you know, almost 20 years. I saved a good deal of money that I wanted to reinvest. I wanted to have look at my members of the community of Luminary as my investors versus maximizing value for an investor. Huge flexibility makes us really nimble. When we first launched, as an example, someone said it was direct messaging me and I had to learn what that was, but <laughs> about, do you have an under 25 membership? And so got together with my team and said, we should probably do this. This is great. These young women that are, you know, entering out of college, the younger generation, they need development, they need networking, they need opportunities. So the next day we created an under 25 membership called the rise. And so not having someone telling me what to do every day is, I, I lived with that for 23 years, right? I had a boss. That was why I worked at a company. Now I can make those decisions based on the value of what we're providing to our community and quickly, right? Super nimble. And then we don't have to sit around and wait around for someone to tell me I can do something or not. Let's just share quickly where people can find out more about you, about Luminary and your socials. We are at www.luminary-nyc.com. Our podcast is on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor called Come Sit at Our Table, the Be a Luminary podcast. Our handle is at Be a Luminary. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Thank you so much, Kate. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Before we get to my take on the interview, I have some exciting news to share with everyone. I recently became totally obsessed with an app. It is called Blinkist. It summarizes books to just about 15 minutes. Yeah, kind of like this podcast, about 15 minutes. In fact, you can even listen to one minute chunks at a time. They call them blinks. So now I have been cruising through several books a day at a time and loving it. So much so that I actually reached out to Blinkist and was able to bring them on board as a partner to the Financial Grown-Up Podcast because I want you guys to have this too. I know how precious your time is. Please use my link, bobbyrebell.com forward slash Blinkist. You'll get a free trial 
and then report back to me what your favorite blinks are so I can thank you for supporting the show. Again, the link is bobbyrebell.com forward slash Blinkist. Let me know how you like it. Let's do this. Financial grown up tip number one. Kate was able to get the intel on her number in just 24 hours because she had spent years building strong relationships. To do a quick turnaround, you need to have everything in place. And to do that, you need to be playing the long game when it comes to those relationships. Financial grown-up tip number two. One of my favorite parts of this interview was when Kate got really candid talking about how she deals with no's. First of all, if Kate Luzio is getting no's, we can all feel a lot better about our setbacks. But she never talks about storming out or being confrontational. Instead, it's about taking a big picture look and being tuned in to why that no happened. It could be you and your performance. And if so, you need to be self-aware enough to own that and to take action. Sometimes we all have so much rah-rah, go for it in our lives that we're not really that honest when maybe we aren't deserving of that. I'm not saying that's true all that often, but it could sometimes be true. And we need to be realistic about whether the assessment of us might have some good points. But it can also be things that are out of your control, having to do with where the business is financially. That's not really on you, but it's still your reality. Keep your cool. Don't make brash emotional decisions. Thanks to all of you for making the decision to listen to this podcast. It is free, but we do ask that you help us grow the show. We need it. Please double check that you are subscribed and share your thoughts on social media. A simple screen grab, letting friends know that you enjoy the show really means so much to me and to the team here. And it really does help introduce new people to the show. On Instagram, I am at BobbyRebel1 and on Twitter at BobbyRebel. And also a special, special, special ask. I'm always asking for reviews. I know you guys are busy, but iTunes redid the algorithm. So it's more important than ever that we get some new reviews up there for the show so people can discover the show anywhere you listen that post reviews are amazing. But especially if you're an iTunes user, please take a moment and do a review. It matters. And we truly, truly, truly are grateful if you take the time. And if you are in New York City, check out Luminary. And if I'm there, I'd love to say hi. Big thanks to Luminary's Kate Luzio for helping us all be financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.